Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville as uh, we we look ahead at the South Carolina game on Saturday night at Kroger Field. Kentucky's coming in the game three and six, South Carolina two and seven. Uh, it's going to be cold, Nick. It's going to be football weather. Uh, mm-hmm. I've listened to several several South Carolina press conferences and the weather has been a, been a hot topic, no pun intended. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish quarterback, the pun was intended. Yeah, quarterback uh, Luke Doty is is from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, has never seen snow. So uh, I think, uh, you know, we talked earlier in the year how weather is the fourth phase of the game, and I think it's going to be important because there are a couple ways you can look at cold weather games. You can either dread it or you can embrace it. And I have an example for you. I went to the Tennessee game several years back, and – I uh, got there early, and Tennessee came out shirtless, and it was cold. I mean, it was in 20s, maybe 30s. Uh, Tennessee came out warmed up shirtless, was just jumping around, going crazy, and a few of the Kentucky players went straight to the heaters, and the game played out that way, to be quite honest with you. Tennessee took it to the Cats pretty good that night, and uh, so they embraced it. So whoever embraces the cold will have a better chance to win the game, Nick Rouse. Well, I like the the guy who's never seen snow before. Imagine like just yeah. living your twenty years of your life and never seeing snow. I would as much yeah. fun as being by the beach would be. I'd be disappointed if I never got to see snow. It's 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 great to have four <laughs> seasons up here in Kentucky. Yeah, and it's good for Kentucky to have a true freshman quarterback making a start on the road uh, that's never seen snow, and and it's hard to football in cold weather. It's harder to hold on to the football uh, harder to catch the football when the weather's really cold like that. So uh, it's not exactly like Kentucky's in Buffalo or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> you know, you practice out in it, get a little bit better feel for it. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, we asked for some of that, uh, that, that cold being hard to catch the ball in that Raven Steelers game. I know yeah. Deontay Johnson, Lonnie's cousin, uh, you know, grew up playing in cold weather in Gary. And I think he went to one of the directional Michigan schools, either Eastern or Western. But the dude was ha- – he was having a little trouble. All the guys were having a little bit of trouble holding on to that football uh, last yeah. night. Uh, kept him from – it was like yeah. watching Kentucky play. They, they were moving the ball well and then couldn't score once they got into the red zone. Oh, man, as a lifelong Steelers fan, man, that, that one was – that one was tighter than I thought it was going to be, and or should have been, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh, yeah. not good in the red zone. I uh, went for it on fourth down in the red zone, didn't get it. Missed the field goal, had a drop touchdown pass. Uh, just a mess. But uh, we asked for some questions to get this thing kicked off. Nicholas, you ready? I'm, uh, I'm ready. Let's uh, ride, man. Will Smith, uh, not the Fresh Prince, asked, this season with the COVID protocols is going to be difficult no matter what. But how much did taking a beat a beating from Bama and Florida wear on this team? Well, I mean, it will wear on any team. Uh, you know, it's not fun getting your brains kicked out on national television. It's not fun. Uh, you know, the, the players aren't on campus, don't get to hear that mess. But, I mean, with social media, I mean, they're hearing about how bad they are and how bad they got beat. And uh, I'm sure it took its toll. But, uh you know, senior day may add a little pep and a step to these players. 
Plus, it's the last game that's in the back of your mind, knowing that you don't have to go through all the uh, all the all the preparation and all the craziness that is involved with today's football next week. So I think I think Kentucky's going to have good effort on Friday on Saturday night. I really do. Uh, I think they're going to put it all out on the field and just see what happens. Especially the last game of the season kind of effort. You know, you've made yeah. it this far. You know, it, it, it's been a long slog at times. So, you know, why not let it all hang out? Yeah. You got, no, plus, you got nothing else to lose at this point. Just go out there and, and bust some heads one more time. Yeah, plus, you know, the seniors, man, you want, you want to go out on top. So, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, I, I think I think we'll see the good version of Kentucky on Saturday. Uh, that guy, Chris, asks, heard O-line is elite run blocking, but average pass blocking. Why is that? What skills are necessary for each type of blocking? I, I wouldn't call Kentucky's offensive line average in pass blocking. I think they're above average, but not near where the level that they are in run blocking, which I think they're elite. Uh, repetitions. I mean, Kentucky doesn't throw the football that many times. You know, when you're averaging 114 yards a game passing uh, with not a lot of attempts, that's not uh, – I mean, that's not something that they're – that they do on a high level. So uh, I, I do think that Landon Young and Darren can, I, I, you know, it is what it is, Nick. And, and also I think that uh, Kentucky is blitzed often. Yeah. Because yeah. behind that blitz, you're going to, you're going to play man coverage. And, you know, as we've seen this, through nine games, there's not, an, there's no really elite pass catcher that can stretch the field that brings defenses out of that blitzing mentality. So I would be interested to to study the film to see when Kentucky has surrendered sacks versus the blitz and versus mm -hmm. just base defense. I think that would be telling. The the one sack that Kennard gave up on that opening drive at Florida that really kind of ended that drive, that was yeah. uncharacteristic. Yeah, and, first time I've seen it out of him. And it was one of those two where like, like he just got his hands knocked down. So it was he did. And that that rarely happens. But you you mentioned repetitions, Freddie. I mean, it was kind of like Austin Dodson saying he's never pass blocked before. I mean, yeah. How many times did they have to pass block the last seven eight games last year? Like, well, yeah, and then like, yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's just it's about a lot of it's about repetition, but it also is the scheme that you face. And you know, we've said it a thousand times. Football is an eleven man operation, mm -hmm. and when when teams can blitz and, and feel comfortable enough to man up on that second and third level, uh, it's impossible to block four week. It's impossible to block eight 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 defenders coming towards the quarterback. I mean, you just can't do it. So, a lot of factors in that, not just the offensive line pass blocking. There's a question from L. He, that's just his name on Twitter. I've seen this guy a lot. Um, and I, 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 his question, it strikes a chord with me when he says, can Stoops take UK to the next level if he continues to force an offensive style of football that is outdated? And here's the thing is, I don't think he's ever forced any certain offensive style. I mean, he certainly distanced himself from that as much as he possibly could the last two years. But, you know, Freddie, I think there's a – thing where you you gotta you gotta bake your cake the best way you can uh yeah. he, you know yeah. and like kentucky's personnel the last few i mean it you had the best running back in school history a couple of years back you know like the the personnel has kind of dictated the way that kentucky's had to play because 
when that wasn't the case. I mean, hell, how many times did Drew Barker throw it before he got hurt against Southern Miss? You know, yeah. like th- there's been plenty of opportunities to – there just hasn't been that many opportunities to go with a different style of play just because of the personnel uh, on the roster. Let me break this down for you. Mark Stoops is the most competitive person that I've ever met. And I have been around a ton of alpha dog competitors, whether it's the military, football, et cetera. Mark Stoops wants to win football games. If he has to walk on his hands for 100 yards, he will do that to win a football game. He is not influencing anybody to call games to fit his style that lead to losing football. Let me get that out there right now. That is that is a, that's a false narrative, uh, and it, it just is. Uh, it, case and examples when you know he told on his on his Monday press conference or his coaches show, he said you know he turned it over to Eddie and said Eddie you know do your deal run your play, and uh, you know I, I just I just don't get that I don't think he's holding anything back. Uh, the man wants to win football games and he wants to win more than anybody I've ever been around, and, and I would say that was the case when he was playing mm-hmm. undersized, you know, bad knee uh, would probably knock your brains out. Would never give up. Same in a fist fight. You would, you don't want to fist fight Mark Stoops. Let me tell you, cause he ain't going to quit. He wouldn't, he ain't going to quit. So again, the most competitive man I've ever met. I think that's a false narrative that's been around too long. And you know where I think it started Freddie is the, it was the Vanderbilt game in 2018 and FCC inside was there and they made that video on that final drive where it was real dramatic in Kentucky. It was, it was horrible weather that game. Terry Wilson couldn't throw through the wind. I think they had 17 yards passing. And on that final drive, Benny Snell ran it, I think almost all 80 yards down the field. And there was that clip of Stoops just saying, run the ball, run the ball. Feed him. And, no. and like we loved it at the time because it worked and it was awesome. But now uh, folks have kind of been holding that against him unfairly. In my well, I mean, heck, you know, head coaches want to win football games. If he thinks that running the football in that scenario where it was windy is all get out, uh, then he's going to make his voice known. But again, he would never do anything to be stubborn enough to not want to win a football game and not put his players in the best situation that they have to score points, get yards, catches, passes, runs, whatever. So uh, that's my take on that. Brad asked if there's any rumors on the recruiting front or transfer wire. And there's some rumors out there. And, and right now they're just yeah. rumors. But I think yeah. on the recruiting front, Freddie, you know, we're less than two weeks away from signing day. And this yeah. year is just so weird. I yeah, mean, it you is. know, for so many ways. So, like, we're not going to see guys hit the road. Uh, you know, there's not really – kids committed really early in the process this year because uh, – without – because they couldn't officially visit anywhere. So, yeah, I, I will say that instead of having a bunch of, ooh, who are we waiting on going down to signing day, I, I don't think we're going to have as much of that as if there's going to be late additions, they probably will be through the transfer wire. Uh and hell, probably not till January because that's when the new transfer rule is going to go into effect. I, I will say this: um, just tune in to KSR next week. Hmm. Website, read the web website next week. Adam, Nick, and myself will 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 get you ready for signing day, and that's all I got to say about that. Oh, we got a lot cooked up. I'm excited for it. 
Uh, Me too. For uh, King Nick asks, do y'all think the 2021 spring game will be the most hyped since 2013? Hopefully the new scheme being worked out, get to see Bo and Joey primarily young wide receivers. Everyone will want to see. I don't think that's a, uh, I, that, I think he might be spot on there, Freddie. I, I think, I think that's pretty, pretty true. I mean, uh, you're not, here's, here's why you're not going to have a lot of players that will have the luxury to sit out or to be held out of spring practice because of, uh, you know, they've, they've solidified their position. There's going to be position battles all over the place. Uh, you lose Brandon Eccles, you lose Kelvin Joseph, both your starting corners. Start safety, Yusuf Corker, you know, there's Phil Hoskins possibly. Offensively, that I mean, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a football nerd. I want to see the offensive line. I want to yeah. see what they're made of. Uh, and then the pass catchers. I mean, that, that's that's something that's been an issue this entire season. And uh, we're seeing that. You'll see that with the opponent Saturday night. South Carolina, if Shy. Smith does not play. I think Shy Smith will play. If he does not play, then South Carolina doesn't have a receiver with over 10 catches. Now it's got Nick Muse has got 30 catches, the tight end, but doesn't have a receiver with over 10 catches. So uh South Carolina's experiencing some of the same thing that Kentucky is. Uh, but Gamecocks are going through that because of injuries and etc. Shy Smith, 76 yards a game, uh, the sixth leading receiver in the SEC. Dynamic playmaker, uh, great in space, great at the contested catch. Uh, that's a big thing to look look to Saturday night. If Shy Smith plays, that could change the dynamic of the game. I, uh, I to to kind of go back to the spring game thing too, Freddie. It, it's going to be fun to watch too because you know that Kentucky's going to want to kind of emphasize that. All right, we can have the passing game back and. You you know how spring game defenses are. Like they're not scheming yeah. up a bunch of stuff to go out there and blitz the quarterback's pants off. Like it's going to be pretty vanilla, yeah. and, and th- there's going to be uh, plenty of opportunities for guys like Mike Jernan to to make big plays in that spring game. Yeah, and you're going to have one team and be quarterback by Bo Allen, the other team quarterback by Joey Gatewood. Uh, so hey, let them let them compete. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a real bummer. We couldn't get that this year. Real bummer. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Bully's belly asked, "What's your least favorite offensive play that UK calls, and why is it the quick wide receiver screen?" <laughs> For me, it's I, not the screen; it, it's yeah. the quarterback draw. I was about that, to say that, that's that's me all day, Freddie. Especially yeah. on like it's, I don't know. I feel like there's a time and place for a quarterback draw, but yeah, but it's just never been the right time or place this year, especially on like yeah. third and goal to go. You know? Yeah, it's just well again. <laughs> Football is an 11-man operation. Let me equate this to, to our listeners that are more familiar with basketball. If you're playing against a team that cannot shoot a three-pointer, hmm, like what do you do? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you pack, pack it in. It in. Yeah. Let them shoot, you know? So opposing defenses in the red zone and in third and five or, or less, they pack, they pack the paint. Mm-hmm. And wait and sit on that quarterback draw. It's not the play call. It <laughs> yeah. is just the lack of uh, of production around that that hurts the play call. Oh man, uh, yeah, and and it's also like like you said, Freddie. The quarterback draw is supposed to be there when team when defenses anticipate a pass. Well, yeah, they're never anticipating a pass against UK right now, so it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it goes back to 114 yards a game. 
Right. You know, Kentucky's 124th in the country right there with, with the, with the academies. So there, there's no really threat of throwing the football. Now the completion to Keaton Upshaw was really good in, in the red zone last week. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, play action and, 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 and Keaton made a contested catch. And I think, you know, I think that, that young man's going to, his star is going to rise next season. And uh, I like the way he's playing. I'd like to see him get some more, ca- more, more targets, especially against South Carolina, uh, you know, with a secondary that's just depleted and linebacker core. South Carolina entered the Georgia game with three healthy scholarship linebackers. End up playing Ooh. two walk-ons, walk-ons in the secondary. I mean, it. I think Keaton Upshaw can have a big game Saturday. Ooh, I like this question from Bullies Billy. Could either of you beat any current Kentucky football player in a foot race? No. Yeah, I mean, if it's a Absolutely long – if it's a long race, I don't I'm have like, the endurance and I'm like really <laughs> stretched out. So like, let's say it's like an 80 yard race against maybe like bully. I might have the strides to potentially win, but uh, yeah, he's faster than you think. I mean, I, I'm thinking maybe Nick Lewis or one of those big offensive line. I, I can't even, out run he, any of even them. he has big long strides, but too. he can stride it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's I, why I, there's none I could beat zero. And especially right now, when this is the most out of shape I've ever been in my life. Like I you know, too, quarantine, ever. I haven't yeah, ever. like like what, what am I gonna do? Like to get in shape. Ever jogging yeah. outside. Hell no, jogging outside. Which by the way, Freddie, how how are the joints holding up and now that it's cold out? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> the first Absolutely thing Absolutely terrible. Nick. I mean, I don't I, I don't have the the same uh, ailments that you have, but I still get the old man kind of cold weather. Like, man, oh, I it's feel it's getting cold outside. It's terrible. I, I it takes me uh, quite a quite a bit of time in the mornings to get to get loosened up and get rolling, and then once I hit outside, and, you know, I've been driving to Corbin a lot, and that that drive just kicks my tail, man. I mean, it it it's brutal on me. It's not that far, but just mm-hmm. sitting in the car, then getting out and. I-75. I mean, it's a little bit better, but it's still, I hate that road more than any road in the history of roads. Yeah, but. didn't they finally finish that construction? In, no, uh, it ain't finished. No. Out? Yeah, it's never no. finished. No. No, Rockcastle County's been under construction for 78 years. <laughs> it's, it's awful. And I love Rockcastle <laughs> County. But, but seriously, it really has. Seriously. Like, I've yeah. never drove that road and there's not construction through there. It's just oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, not going to happen. Uh, yeah, the, I wish somebody would offer a helicopter service from Lexington to Corbin. I, I, they would get my business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freddie, why don't we just go ahead and dive right on into the South Carolina game? What do you want to know about South Carolina, Nicholas? Well, uh, I, I want to know about this Kevin Harris character because, A, I had a, I actually had a coach named Karen ha- Kevin Harris in high school, and I don't yeah. think that's him, but – uh I hear he's a he's a grinder. He is he's Chris Rodriguez with uh, several more carries is what he is. Uh, he needs seventy two yards to reach a thousand yards in ten games that SEC games. That's all you need to know about him. He's only carrying about eighteen times a game, which is, is is not a whole heck of a lot. I mean he he's he's just getting it done, man. He is a uh, he's physical. He can catch the football out of, out of the backfield. He's got twenty catches on the year and a touchdown. Uh, but he is a, he's a dynamic player. 
that can do it all. And he's extremely physical. He's tough. He's got 928 yards, so 72, 4,000. He's averaging 5.7 yards a carry. Scored 14 touchdowns, 103 yards a game. It's third in the SEC. And here's the deal. I've listened to all the Carolina uh, press conferences. Mike Bobo is going to do everything with his power, within his power, to get Harris to 1,000 yards. He has emphasized that all week. So I expect Harris to have 25 to 30 at least carries against Kentucky and uh, and try to get him to that 1,000-yard mark. But he, he's tough. Uh, he's he's a load to get down. That, that, that You know, you hear about defensive backs having uh, career decisions as far as tackling big running backs like that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be several occasions it's going to be one-on-one with a defensive back in the secondary, and they're going to have to try to get him to the ground. Yeah, I uh... – I remember, I guess this was 2016 against, uh, I don't know if it was UT Martin. It was the FCS opponent. And I believe this was still the old, no, 2016 would have already been in the new stadium. But I remember uh, a staffer, one of the the kind of, you know, GAs or whatever you want to call it, that was up in the booth for UK and Benny needed something like 120 yards in that game to get a thousand on the season. And Boom Williams already had a thousand. And to get for Benny, it would have been two thousand yard rushers. So it was a big right. deal. And even though they didn't say it publicly, in the middle of the game, that staffer ran into the room and was like, asked the stats person, okay, does he have a thousand? Did he did he get it? Is he is he past yeah. the mark? Does he have a thousand? And when they said yes, Benny got pulled at that point. Because even though they'll say in press conferences that it doesn't matter. And hell Bobo's Bobo has not been shy about it. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> like it it, it matters is because it's something to I don't know if it's a recruiting thing, but you you can at least hang your hat on having a thousand yard rusher. Well, I mean, look look at the year South Carolina's had with all the opt-outs, all the injuries, the COVID issues, the co-head coach fired, interim head coach, not a lot of positivity going around the, the Gamecock program right now. Getting Kevin Harris to a thousand yards is is the point of emphasis, other than trying to win the football game. But I mean, that, that's their best player. Uh he and Shy Smith. So I expect a whole heck of a lot of carries and you know, look what he did against Ole Miss, 243 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, they got him going against Ole Miss. And then to show his speed, I mean, he's that big, but his speed, he had an 88-yard touchdown run against Vanderbilt. So he's the complete package, man. He really is. My my question for you, Freddie, I know I, I understand that he is the complete package, but I'm trying to rack my brain about a game – this year that Kentucky struggled against the uh, the traditional run game. Hell, and even the scrambling, I mean, they've, they've really only got aggravating yards. I guess Larry Roundtree at South Carolina yeah. or at, at Missouri. Roundtree at Missouri. But he had you know, he had 40-something carries. <laughs> yeah, he, he was averaging uh, like two and, and a half yards a carry or something. But I think you're going to see Harris have as many carries as, as he can – he will have as many carries as his workload will allow him to, put it that way. Um, a concern that I have about South Carolina's offense, since we're kind of going on that topic, is Kevin Harris, obviously. But Luke Doty is an elite athlete. I mean, he he can pull it and run. This is this is the best running quarterback that Kentucky's faced yet. And uh, he's a competitor. He's a leader. Uh, he, he had a good game throwing a football against Georgia. You know, when I'm breaking down South Carolina, 
normally I, I, I do a season long analysis, but you can't do that with Carolina because no, of no, their all. depth chart. You know, I, you know, I wrote a piece that'll be up on KSR later. It's like throwing darts against a moving board. I mean, you can't predict who's going to be on the field. Uh, but one thing I can predict is Luke Doty is going to give Kentucky a ton of aggravating yards. He's just that type of player. Uh, he'll scramble. They'll bootleg him, RPOs, uh, quarterback runs, whatever uh, that Mike Bobo needs to do. But if the weather's cold, the pass game is not there, expect a heavy dose of Luke, Luke Doty running the football on RPOs. So, uh, and again, we don't know if Shy Smith is going to play. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out. But but tight end Nick Muse had eight catches for 131 yards and a touchdown against Georgia. Uh, he's a very good tight end. Kentucky's got to get their hands on him. They cannot allow him free release into the secondary. I think if they do that, they'll be okay. But South Carolina's play action game, because Harris is so effective in the run, frees up Muse in the secondary. And that's where we saw success for the, for South Carolina against Georgia. My question for you, Freddie, you mentioned throwing darts at a moving board. Yeah. You're a big dart guy? No. 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 See, I, when, when I've played, I've been good at it. Uh, yeah. But I, I've just I've just not played. I'm weird, man. I, 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 we were talking about this last night with my sister and brother-in-law. I don't even know how to play poker. I don't know how to play spades. I don't know how <laughs> – I don't play cards. I don't play board games. I don't do darts. I'm weird, man. I, I just – I'm weird. Man, not knowing at least like either either of poker or spades because I feel like there are some people who are one – like th they'll be a poker player or they're spades or they're neither. It, it is kind of weird. I've played know. rummy before but yeah. i get bored real quick i can't play uno because i'm colorblind so i mean you know it's just it is what it is I, i'm just a i'm just a strange bird man darts were good in college because i lived really close to the campus pub and they had a dartboard in there and darts are free so you know yeah. whatever their cheap beer night was you know you could go up there and you know have a pretty good time and, and not spend too much money and just play darts all night. So I, I got pretty decent yeah. at it. I got pretty decent yeah. at it. Just don't just be careful when we, if somebody else is playing, just just don't be careful not to walk in front of them. That things could get ugly quick. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. My attention span just awful. I, I can't, you know, I've tried them. I've tried golf. I, I can't do it. I got about my wrist is too bad anyway, but I I just my, I just can't do it. Um, South Carolina defensively, who knows? Who knows what they're going to have out there? Uh, three healthy scholarship linebackers went into the Georgia game. Two walk-ons had to play because Ernest Jones got hurt. He's their top tackler last year, had uh, uh, 97 tackles. This year he has 86. He got hurt against Georgia. He's listed as doubtful uh, if he plays or not. Some Some outlets are saying that he's out. So we'll see about that. 86 tackles, five tackles for loss, and a sack, three quarterback hurries, a forced fumble, and, and a fumble recovery this year. Defensive line-wise, uh, front seven period, South Carolina is depleted. Uh, their two top defensive linemen are out, Kier Thomas and Kingsley uh, – I can't say his name. In, in a gob Probably in Gakwe or something. Yeah, he's out too. And those two combined for uh, 12, 12 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, uh, he he is he's leading the SEC in sacks right now, uh, but he is out. Those two linemen are out, and uh, I mean it's just tough for for Carolina. Uh, there's a couple 
uh, defensive backs to include one that was a former walk-on, uh, uh, Jalen Foster. Uh, safety had nine tackles against Georgia. Uh, sa- safety slash nickel, Jimmy Robinson had 10 tackles and a pick last week. Uh, but again, we'll see. We'll see how that works out and who, who they actually put on the field. Uh, the kicker, Parker White's one of the better kickers in the Southeastern Conference. You may wonder why I'm talking about a kicker. Well, because he is seven out of nine between 40 and 49 yards. If this game plays out like I think it's going to play out, field goals are going to be very important because points in the red zone will be hard to hard to come by for both teams. Even though Carolina's better than Kentucky in the red zone. Uh, still, it's it's uh, it, it could be tough to score points. So the kicking game is going to be vital. South Carolina has a very good place kicker. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Uh, we don't need Luke yeah. Doty running around. Because that's what I do worry, Freddie, is this does have uh, the potential makeup of a kind of Missouri game where they just get aggravating yards and keep drives alive. Yeah. And uh, And you don't have your edges. I mean, Jordan Wright, uh, Brad White said that he's got a he's, – he's had wrist problems. And, like, that's the – I mean, far be it – that's, like, the worst aggravating injury that you can potentially play through as somebody in the trenches because every play you're just jamming that sucker into the opponent. Um, and yeah. without him, Kentucky's going to have to play a lot of – they call it their medium package. Yeah. means Vito Tisdale is coming in and playing kind of a nickel slot for them. Um, so I, I, I could see that happening uh, a lot on Saturday where you got Vito in the game who he could, he could pack a punch, but, uh, Boogie's going to have to be real stout, uh, setting the edge in the run defense to let Jamie Davis go and make some plays. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be vital, but, but I think you hit the, the nail on the head when you said aggravating yards. Cause that's what I think when I, when I look at Kevin Harris play, when I, when I look at Luke Doty play, there's a lot of aggravating yards at South Carolina. Uh, can can come up with so uh, that that could be and that's why that's why I say that field goal kicking is going to be vital because I mean points could be points could be tough to find in this game especially if Sha Smith does not play or does does not play if he does now Carolina is going to have that vertical game uh, against uh, you know I think Kentucky would move Cedric Dort from Brandon Nichols back up over to starting cornerback. Uh, and then have Carrington Valentine move around there, DJ Devonshire. Uh, but uh, but Shaw Smith is a matchup problem for Kentucky. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it, Freddie. What in the world did I just step on? Good gravy. You all right, Nick? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I don't know, I don't know what's going on over here in these parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Kingsley in a in a, in a a uh for South Carolina, and I'm sorry to him or his family if I mispronounce that because I really hate doing that. Uh, I think that's disrespectful, but I apologize if I if I mis, mispronounce his name. But he's a heck of a football player leading the SEC in sacks, and, and he's out Saturday. So we you don't know. We don't know who South Carolina is going to put on the field until kickoff. I think we'll learn learn a lot after warm-ups, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and you're like like you said before. I think we're gonna be paying more attention to warm ups, just the the vibe out on the field, the juice. Yeah, how much the teams yeah. want to be there because, uh, you, I, it's a good thing this game is at home, Freddie, and this isn't like a, a road because going on the road, going through the rigmarole, like I, I feel like that could 
drag a team down like oh, what are we even doing here we're at least senior day does add a, a, a lot of juice to the to the atmosphere at least on the kentucky sideline you know we talked about it at the beginning here but uh, another thing that could bring a team down is the weather i mean if if you get down and things aren't going your way it's cold it can turn miserable real quick mm-hmm. and and that can be seen on the field that's uh, you know, let's just get this over with. Where's the heater? Where's my jacket? Mm. And get this game over with, get in the locker room and get in a hot shower. And, and if things go bad for one team or the other, we could see that. But but the football gets uh, uh, it gets harder. Uh, it gets slicker. And uh, it's tough to hold on, hold on to. That's why I think Kentucky has to has to force turnovers, especially with the rookie quarterback first start on the road. Uh, I think Kentucky has to score touchdowns on 75% of its red zone trips. Right now, averaging 50%, 12 out of 24 inside the 20. Kentucky has going to have to finish drives in the end zone to beat South Carolina because uh, even though points may be hard to come by, you never know with South Carolina. Again, Josh Smith, game changer. If he comes out, South Carolina's moving the football and scoring. If Kentucky can't keep up, then then we're going to see – uh, we're going to see the Cats lose, and that was a big part of that will be in the red zone, I think – or the blue zone. I'm sorry, Nick. I think the blue zone is going to be critical mm, yeah. uh, for, for the for the Cats. I mean, it really, uh, you know, finishing drives in, in the end zone has not been a strength of this team. We're going to have to see it. Yeah, I uh, – th- this also does, like, even though some things lead to a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? You see a game going a certain way – uh, this also is just setting up for Chris Rodriguez to just be a yeah a workhorse. Yeah, you, you are. Uh, but I, I think A.J. Rose will get a lot of carries early being senior night. Uh, but then eventually we're going to see Chris Rodriguez. And and if you're if you're like me and you enjoy line of scrimmage play, Rodriguez on one side, Evan Harris on the other. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's going to be an inside drill for 60 minutes or, or an Oklahoma drill. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> the is. Oklahoma. Dr- yeah. The Oklahoma I, drills produce is, is produce more basketball careers than the AAU has. So I think, uh, I, I think it's going to be a true inside drill with Rodriguez and Harris. I used to love inside drill because, uh, they, <laughs> you couldn't have anybody like cheating out. You know, like you know yeah. what's what's coming at you. You know, there's no it, and it's it's <laughs> linebackers moving downhill, and I that that's what I loved about it. It's like you you kind you know what's coming. There's no reason to hesitate. So you just it's time to get physical. Time to get nasty. Yeah. Well, with Jerry Flavin, there most of our practice was inside drill. So I mean, it, it wasn't too rough on me, but I felt sorry for my buddies because I mean yeah. they they were getting after each other pretty bad. And, Oh, you know, their foreheads had the had the 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 cut, you know. Yeah, uh, from Jeff the helmets. It was pretty tough. He always had a funny story about uh, like the one of the first practices with Jerry Claiborne, where like so, something with Joker, because I believe Pecora was he might have had the tail end of Jerry Claiborne. Is that correct? Maybe like a year or two. No, the first year I think. Okay, of Jerry Claiborne. Yeah, yeah. Well. He, he has like a story about Jerry Claver and telling uh, Joker Phillips to get those 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 hands aren't for catching those hands are for blocking. <laughs> Man, I tell you. Uh, and then Tommy Bowden came over to be our offensive coordinator with Bill Curry. He went on to be the head coach at Tulane and Clemson. 
Uh, he had a it's called a fight drill. It was one on one receiver and DBs. It was it was Oklahoma drill for the for the skilled players, and, and that got pretty heated. So yeah, only thing I did was hand the ball off. So I, you know, it, it wasn't too tough on me. If, how many times? I mean, like, what do you think the percent chances of Oklahoma drills that like ended in fights? Oh. Seventy-two uh, percent. <laughs> I think Oklahoma drills is it illegal or is frowned upon now? Right? I, uh, it's one not of the it, two. the the bull the the bull in the ring or whatever. That one's illegal. But Oklahoma. Okay. I think it's more of a, a frowned upon. The heads yeah. up drill I think is is really frowned upon too. Where, but like that one I always thought was fun. Where you're on your back. And you got to get yeah. up and tackle the guy. I always yeah. thought it was fun because if you lost that one, like, oh my goodness, the reaction, if you were the, if, if the, if the running back got past the defensive player was just hilarious. It was like oh, yeah. when you get somebody that like dunks on somebody in a gym and like people just like leave the gym, you know, like, it's just yeah. like, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed those drills, man. I really miss did it, miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, Nick. I mean, got to score points. Got to score points. Uh, Saturday night, averaging nineteen and a half points a game, uh, giving up twenty-seven points a game. So you know uh, those numbers don't match up. Uh, Eddie Grand's got to do something to uh, to get some points on the board and get some yards, especially in the second half. Kentucky's got to put two halves together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though South Carolina's depleted. There's players at certain positions that's going to make this a highly competitive game, in my opinion. And that position is Kevin Harris at running back. And even though we've only gotten one full game of Luke Doty at quarterback, I can see where he can he can really put a strain on a defense by by running the football. Uh, he 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 lost 39 yards against Georgia, so his numbers aren't really good in that game because of sacks and tackles for loss, etc. Uh, he was sacked four times against. Georgia, by the way, but uh, uh, you know, I think he he has the ability to really, really aggravate that defense, especially with JJ Weaver out. Uh, you know, uh, that that's going to hurt. Now, the backup for uh, Jordan Wright is Vito Tisdale, which people really went crazy about, but it's it, that in their nickel package, and that's that's typical anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, Vito's that second level type player, just depending on down distance and defensive or offensive t- uh, tendencies. Um, but I think we're, we're, I think we're in, we're in store for a good old fashioned fist fight on Saturday night. Oh, and uh, whichever exciting. team, whichever team handles the elements, the best will win the football game. Plain and simple. Embrace I mean, the really. cold. Embrace the cold. You, you can either dread it or you can embrace it. And I've seen it both ways. So, you know, I'm not saying that Kentucky needs to do like Tennessee that year and come out with their shirts off, warm it up. But I'll be honest with you, I was sitting in the stands, and that intimidated me. It made that big of an impression on me that, that they came out like that. I was like, oh, Lord, this is getting ready to get ugly, and it did. So uh, it's a it's a state of mind. Playing in the cold is a state of mind. And, and playing a, a game that could end up being an inside drill for both teams because it is what it is. It's a state of mind. Whichever team has that mindset to come out, play physical, play, enjoy the cold, and and inflict pain uh, on the fingers of cold fingers of their opponents, then then that's who'll win the game. Because 
Hits hits hurt more in the cold weather. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> your hands, your hands start the freezing. Hands. Your toes are froze. I mean, it's it, like you get the little uh, stinging pain with your hands. Uh, what's yeah. worse is getting stepped on with your toes in in a cold weather game like that because you don't recover from that. I mean, you no, really don't. You, especially if it's a big toe. Yeah, I can remember at UK playing in the cold like that, and my feet would take weeks to not be frozen you know to warm up and it, it's it, it, it can really impact the game i will say the heaters are much better than they once were we, yeah I, in our uh my my last football game it was about it was probably like 30 in the sun um but it was played at like five o'clock it was that midday state championship game freddie oh and yeah cold at night and holy crap, like you, you, you could walk by the heater and then just start to feel things. But yeah. like, as soon as you left that torpedo side, like it was just like, no, the, the it, game over, you're frozen again. Yeah. We, you know, and you got those little things you can clip on the hand warmer deals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have that a hundred years ago when I played, they sewed a, 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 a hoodie pocket onto your jersey and that, that was all you got <laughs> which is pretty cool because i remember was it was it you that said that you there used to be cold weather jerseys yeah like warm weather ones absolutely yeah yeah kentucky uh now curry did away with that but during the claven era there were uh warm weather jerseys which were the half jerseys that had the holes in it, you know right and then right. the cold weather jerseys the numbers were actually outlined and mm-hmm. uh, there were no holes. In it. it was it was a thicker fabric. So yeah, I never did wear that one. But yeah, oh, and you could you could request it. I never did. I didn't like it. It's still weird for me to see quarterbacks wearing gloves. Like how, how yeah, you, how you throw a football with gloves on? I don't know. I that, have no idea. I just, they have to be special gloves, you know. Right, and the thing is, is like you need a certain like you got to have grip to a yeah. point but you can't have too much or the ball gets stuck to your hand and that ball is so slick in the cold like that's yeah. why they're always licking their fingers i don't know how they do it bridgewater teddy two gloves he's always been about it uh yeah. and had him on the other day i don't know how they do it yeah and 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna go against nick saban on this game in particular the time of possession will matter if you have a defense or on on the sideline for extended periods of time it's pretty tough to get warmed up, get back out there. If you have an offense on uh, the sideline for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. it's pretty tough to get warmed up and get back out there. So right, time of right, possession, right. even though we've seen in 2020, really doesn't matter. It, it may matter in this on game. Saturday. Yeah, it will in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, Freddie, it is senior day, and there should be some more, yeah. some more juice for some of those guys playing in their final game at Kroger Field. Uh, particularly on that big yeah. blue wall in the offensive line. And yeah. uh, similar to the Vanderbilt game where they, they, they played with the, some extra juice, I think we're going to get some similar extra juice from them uh, Saturday night. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, it all starts, finishes with Drake Jackson there at center. Uh, you know, Kentucky's been blessed. For eight years, they've had two centers, John Toth, and then he passed the torch to, uh, uh, on a temporary basis, well, we have three centers. Uh, uh, and then Drake Jackson took over mm-hmm. Bunchy Stallings there and just didn't look back. So uh, everything starts and finishes with him. And then land, I, I, 
it's hard for me to imagine Kentucky playing football without Drake and Landon, to be quite honest with you. It seems yeah. like they've been there for 24 years. Uh, <laughs> Luke Fortner, another staple, another brick in that wall, per se, not to be corny. Uh, Darren Kennard, you know, I don't know if this is his last game on Kroger Field. I, I would guess it would be. Uh, yeah, I, I think they come out and they play well. They're going to be emotional from senior night and also their last game together on top of paying tribute to their position coach, John Schlarman, I think they're going to come out and have a heck of a football game, especially since that South Carolina front seven is just depleted, decimated, however you want to describe it, due to injuries, COVID, and opt-outs. I'd also really like to see Terry Wilson go out with the win, but not – like, I mean, of course, I want them all to win, but – you know, Terry's time here, he's had some of the highest of highs and lowest of lows of any yeah. uh, quarterback I can, I can ever remember. So for him to, to have, I mean, just at least a good, like a, a, a nice highlight to go out on, I, I think, you know, it would just mean a lot for uh, not only him, but for the fans, you know, even if it's not just some bomb to Josh Ali, which would ideally happen, you know, some big touchdown to Ali, yeah. but, uh, you know, a long touchdown run, something like that. I, I really want Terry Wilson to to finish his career with a high after after having so many lows kind of in between uh, start to yeah. finish. Here's what I want from Terry. I mean, I want Terry to play well for many reasons. One, to get the win. Two, for his psyche. And three, for his long-term love of, of, of the University of Kentucky. If he plays bad, the fans get on him, it's, you know, and then he reads everything on social media. In his last game at Kroger Field, it, it could impact him for, for several years. And, uh, you know, he could hold a grudge. And it's, it's understandable. I've known several quarterbacks that have a love-hate relationship. Uh, you know, if they get if, – if people get on to him really, really bad and – you know, everybody tells him how bad he is or tells him, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it can hurt. It can hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, you think of athletes as being just these numbers on the field, but there, there are feelings involved. And I don't mean to get all touchy-feely here, but I want Terry to, to play well Saturday so he can come back and enjoy the alumni functions and still have that that love-love relationship with the fan base. Well said, Freddie, because – uh, as much as we get caught up in the moment, in the middle of the bad, uh, I mean, he's done a ton of good for this program. He's the only quarterback that could ever say they won at Florida, at Tennessee, and at Louisville. Uh, yeah, no other, no other quarterback to ever play here could say that. Uh, he quarterbacked a Citrus Bowl 10-win team. Um, and as one person uh, on social media said earlier, like, bad as it could have been uh, – Kentucky was 10th in the college football playoff rankings, and I'll forever be grateful for that, which is – Absolutely. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> that's Absolutely. Wild. And, and Terry deserves a, a great deal of appreciation uh, for what he did in 2018. 2020 has been tough. Uh, he, he's played well at times, and times he's, he's uh, he struggled a little bit, but that's just not on him. That's on the entire offense. Yes. Uh, in the entire offensive operation within that program. I mean, it, it, it's been not efficient at times, and that hurt. You know, who do you blame? You blame the coordinator, the coordinator first, and then the, and quarterback. Then the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, and, quarterbacks get way too much praise and way too much blame. And, and especially this year, 
like people also will turn it on. Well, Terry didn't win 10 games. That, all the other guys won it for him. Uh, Freddie, I don't think people remembered where the program was in December of 2017 when he committed. Um, we just gone through this whole weird song and dance with Jaron Williams where yeah. you're going into a Music City Bowl game and you don't know who's going to be your quarterback after Steven Johnson. You just right. don't. And and while they're preparing for that, Vince uh, is able to get Terry on campus, gets him to commit over Scott Frost in Nebraska and Dan Mullen at Florida, who are both these big, sexy offensive hires. And Terry commits. And having the stability there at quarterback, that reassurance there, I mean, they'll never say it, but I think that played a, a a significant role in all those guys deciding to return for one more year uh, on yeah. the defensive side of the ball because, all right, we have everything to have a special season now, whereas there for a while there's a lot of uncertainty. And I, right. I, I think that gets overlooked. I mean, you know, Jaron Williams has some arm talent, but, like, if that kid was here, the season could have been derailed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, very like, easily. Yeah, yeah. And and quarterback manager gets frowned upon, but managing that offense through a, a difficult season, or not a difficult, but like through some challenges and and coming out on top, like he deserves all the credit in the world for navigating yeah. UK through that 2018 season. Absolutely, absolutely. And and people say, well, it's just one season. One season can make a lifetime for a quarterback. I mean, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. You know, I, you know, my sophomore year, we had a winning record. Uh, you know, when we played 11 games and had a bunch of injuries and a bunch of obstacles to come over uh, to overcome. But that's the season that, that I remember at UK. Mm-hmm. It's not the four and seven season the next year when, when, when Coach Claiborne retired. It was that sophomore season when we had. Uh, we had a good team, had a lot of pro picks and and beat, you know, beat LSU and beat some other LSU wasn't the LSU of today, but you know, still yet you beat some good logos and 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 that's what I carry with me uh is that one season. And if Terry can take 2018 with him the rest of his career, then I hope I hope that's what happens. And I hope that's how he's remembered because I love Terry Wilson the person, the quarterback, and I wish nothing but the absolute very best for that young man. Yeah, and you you talk about just it only takes one. I mean, that one season is going to be one of the most talked about seasons in the history of Kentucky football. Absolutely, as it should be. (laughs) Yeah, like it's pretty great. Absolutely. Pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Kentucky beat a a big-time logo that was actually good. Penn yeah. State uh, in, in in the Citrus Bowl. Heck, so, Trace yeah. McSorley threw a touchdown pass the other night. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> I'm still frustrated from the Steelers game. Hey, it was so. weird circumstances, Freddie. You just got to survive in advance. And you know, I know. I, I was know. looking at their schedule. So they go to Buffalo in two weeks, and they got to end the season uh-huh. against the Browns. But like the Browns, yeah. But like sixteen and zero, I mean, I'm not seeing. Yeah, it could be losing Bud hurts now. Losing Bud, Man, it pretty hurts. I feel, I feel so bad for him. Be playing too. on the franchise tag, like he was getting ready to sign like a fifty million dollar deal. Yeah, oh, yeah, I brutal. hate that for Bud so bad. Uh, man, that's tough. That is tough. Uh, you going to a high school game tomorrow night, Nick Roush? I will not be there, but I know a, a lot of folks will be at the uh, Dunbar Brown Station game in Kroger's KSR yeah. game of the week. 
How about that? Yeah, Matt will be there, Ryan and Drew, and then me. Uh, so I, it's I'm, going to be interesting on on who is going to be in the press box. I, I, I'm as interested in that as I am the game because we got three spots. Okay. So Troy, going. Troy's going to have yeah. Troy's going to have to have one because he's going to have his computer and writing about the game. Right. So that leaves two. You know, Matt's going to take one. And they and I'm outside. I can I can already tell you that I don't get one. So <laughs> Ryan and Drew, I don't know how they're going to settle that. Uh, they may fist fight in the parking lot or play rock paper Ooh. scissors. I don't know, but I bet Drew will play the I've got a bad back card, and so he wants a seat. I don't know that that that's going to yeah. be something to keep. The, I'm as interested in that as I am the game Friday and UK's game Saturday night. So because <laughs> one of those two is going to be out in the cold with me in the rain uh but yeah now kroger ksr game of the week we're going to Bryan station we're staying in lexington uh i think it's the best game of the week out there if you, if you look at it uh so Bryan station Man. has really played well this year yeah yeah they have so Dunbar's Dunbar. having Dunbar's one of their best and seasons and god yeah. knows how Dunbar's long. six and two Bryan station is 10 and one uh so we'll see Man, I uh, I also want to give a, a shout out to to Fairdale's football program. I feel real. It's kind of like uh, the male basketball team this year, who they were they were real good. They were set up to win their first Sweet Sixteen in a long time. Gets taken away from them. Fairdale the day before the game, undefeated Fairdale seven and zero. They get a positive COVID test and they can't go to Owensboro oh, to try to get revenge. Yeah, just that's absolutely Madison Southern. Madison Southern's in the same boat. You're too young to remember, uh, but in my day, Fairdale was a state power. Had uh, oh. Dip Hayden, who was really, really good. Courtney Longacre uh, was a center. They had an offensive lineman go to Alabama. Well, Courtney the goes to the UK. A, a Longacre um, for Fairdale. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. So well, Courtney, they went back uh, to Courtney back played with me in like ninety ninety one. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Fairdale had it going on for a while there. So I hate that for them and for Can, Madison Southern, who's not going to play. There's a, there's a, there's a Twitter account at KYHS history um, that, uh-huh. that shares like Kentucky high school sports history, football and basketball. Uh, some old clips is pretty cool. They had this fun fact uh, from your neck of the woods, Freddie, that back in 1936, Benham yeah. was 22 and 0, the best basketball team in Kentucky. And they got didn't get played in the state championship. Yeah, because of a meningitis outbreak. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Benham is where I'm. That's part of the Tri Cities where I'm from, uh, Cumberland, Benham, and Lynch. Mm-hmm. But Benham is where uh, Bernie Bickerstaff is from. Really? Yep, absolutely. I didn't know yep. That. There's a street named uh, Bickerstaff Avenue there in Benham. Huh. Yep, the Benham Tigers. Man. Paul Showtime Gaffney with the Harlem Globetrotters went to Benham Junior High. Hmm. Of course, I went to Cumberland Junior High, and we had to play them, and that wasn't fun in basketball. <laughs> they had T. Sunday at point, Paul Gaffney, and then they had Pickle Jones. Man, they were good. Oh, Pickle Jones. Yeah. You he, didn't he want was to face actually, up with Pickle Jones. No, freakish athlete, man. He, he turned out to be a, a really good football player – in high school, and he actually played for the Giants or Jets. I can't remember. Uh, one of those two. But, yeah, yeah, they beat our brains out. So, that wasn't fun. 
Oh, ready. Well, it's Pickle ex- Jones. How about that? Pickle Jones. Venom's Pickle <laughs> Jones. That's right. That's right. Uh, but we appreciate y'all listening today. I uh, don't want to get into any more hometown stories because uh, I know you're probably do not care and I understand that 100%. Uh, but thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, you can download the podcast. You can subscribe to it. You can do whatever, however you want to, to hear us, listen to us uh, next week. Um, Monday's show is going to be pretty big, Nick Rouse, radio show, the KSR show. Yeah, I'm actually going to be on it. It's going to be exciting. So am I. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Whoa. Yeah. Here I, we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, so – Nick and I will be on the radio show Monday. Oh, oh. So tune Hide in kids, for that. Your wife. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it could it could be a, a pretty good show there. Nick. Pretty eventful. Uh, I think it's I think we're gonna have yeah. plenty to talk about, Freddie. Yep. And then again, uh make sure you go to KentuckySportsRadio.com next week for pre-signing day stuff. We're gonna have a lot of good material for you and we're gonna track it as best we can and get you ready for uh December sixteenth. Oh, man. Can't wait. It's exciting times, Freddie. Exciting times. Exciting times, Nick. All right. I'm, uh, I will, uh, I will, well, you're not going to be there. I start to say, I'll see you at Brian station tomorrow night, but, uh, you're going to be in the dry, warm, uh, conditions of your home. Well, I am going to be at the game Saturday night. Though. I, I, I went all year without going to one game. I had to go to one. So I'll be weathering the storm, uh, in the warm press box. <laughs> uh, to be sarcastic and how, you know, I look at my good buddy Kyle Tucker and, and some others. Thank you for your service for being inside in the press box <laughs> where it's warm and you get free food there, Nick Roush. It's not exactly like you're going to Buffalo to sit outside and cover the bills. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to bring my computer outside and say, screw it. You're, you're talking about that. Uh, let me get this straight for, for those listening. You're talking about from the time you park your car and walk and get on the elevator, you're going to be in the elements. Mm-hmm. And then reverse that on the way back. It's going to be real tough. <laughs> oh, pray for me. Pray for me. Uh, thank you for your service, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see all right. Well, thank week. you all. See y'all next week. <laughs>